I'm Shachar Razani, and in the news, Amnesty International report claiming Israel is an apartheid state. The outrageous report and accusations published February 1st accuse Israel of being an apartheid state not just in Judea and Samaria, but implies its very existence even within Israel. Check out this sentence from the report. The system of apartheid originated with the creation of Israel in May of 1948. For them, Israel and its very existence is nothing short of the original sin. Let's get to the bottom of this with my good friend, Arsen Ostrovsky. Arsen, as you know, is a leading international human rights lawyer and one of the most prominent voices in the pro-Israel community. He currently serves as chair and CEO of the International Legal Forum, the ILF, an Israel-based global network of thousands of lawyers from all over the world leading the fight against anti-Semitism, BDS, and the delegitimization of the state of Israel. Arsene, it's great to see you again, my friend. Thank you for joining us on JBS all the way from Tel Aviv. Shahar, it is always fantastic to be with you, my friend, anytime. Well, not a dull moment. Um, let's talk a little bit because we have a, a rare opportunity to educate our viewers. Now, you are super familiar. Anybody who follows you on Twitter and elsewhere understands where you're coming from and how profound your knowledge is when it comes to these interactions with human rights organizations. So, first of all, if you can share a little bit about the background, this kind of warfare, lawfare that we've uh, grown accustomed to seeing against Israel coming from the direction of organizations like Human Rights Watch and others, how does that work? Look, uh, you know, these organizations like Human Rights Watch, like Amnesty International, by the way, Human Rights Watch uh, only just uh, not long ago, uh, well, actually, uh, last year, released a similar report accusing Israel of apartheid practices. However, Amnesty has gone a step further, accusing us also of committing apartheid practices within Israel as well. Um, but a lot of the information which they used is uh, essentially recycled, uh, recycled garbage, so to speak, from Human Rights Watch. Look, at the end of the day, you know, these organizations, they're, they're, you know, they've been in existence for decades. They're storied organizations who traditionally fought for, for human rights, fought for victims, stood up to the oppressors. But today they've become obsessed. It is a visceral obsession with Israel with the Jewish state, you know, you just, you actually, you, you hit the nail on the coffin when you said, for them, Israel is the original sin. Millennia, thousands of years of our people's connection to this land. Pogroms, catastrophes, the Holocaust, the create, recreation of the bond state of Israel is too much for them. And they're calling for the dismantlement of the one and only Jewish state. The only state they're calling to dismantle is the Jewish state. So both these organizations really for many years now, they've had this uh, really relentless uh, obsession uh, with uh, attacking Israel, with vilifying Israel, with denying us our equal rights. Again, you know, Israel is like any other country. We make mistakes. We're not perfect. We're not asking for special treatment, but we are asking for equal treatment. And the issue is that we are consistently being denied equal treatment by organizations like Human Rights Watch, like Amnesty just now, who are have this you know, singular obsession with Israel with uh, delegitimizing us and, and demonizing us. Arsene, you know, um, on Twitter, you do a great job. Whenever they fall into that pit of this obsession, you make a point of highlighting what they do. 
um, immediately calling them out, which is really incredible and very educational to understand the kind of obsession. Share with us a little bit of that experience. Like what, what, does, that, what does this obsession actually look like on their daily work? Look, on the daily work, you will see um, uh, not just uh, organizations like Amnesty and Human Rights Watch, but some of their leaders, for example, like Ken, like Ken Roth from Human Rights Watch, they are obsessively posting and tweeting about Israel. Obsessively, out of complete disproportion to everything that is happening around the world. Iran, Syria, China, Russia, Venezuela, North Korea, Cuba, uh, Qatar, you name it. It's almost as if they don't exist. It's a parallel universe. For them and, it, isn't that, and isn't that amazing? Because it's such a, a grave injustice towards so many other peoples around the world who are in dire need of human rights protection. But it seems that the Ken Rothes of the world and Human Rights Watch and others are too busy obsessing on Israel. Look, you're right. They make a complete and utter mockery of, of human rights and of their very mandates. You know, the founder of Human Rights Watch... Um, uh, Bernstein, he resigned right. and then he attacked Human Rights Watch, the very organization he founded in the New York Times saying that they've lost their moral compass. Right, we remember. Now, Amnesty, with this report, right. their moral compass is buried in the ground. It doesn't even exist with the insinuations and the accusations which they're forming. It's this, you know, it's this obscene obsession with Israel, with singling us out, with applying double standards, with applying a program and really, uh, really at the end of the day, just uh, this reluctance to accept our place amongst the nations and people. Which, perfect, which leads me exactly to the point. We spoke about the headline. We understand that this is a bad report that's coming from a bad place. Now, for the sake of our viewers, let's touch on some of the specific points. For instance, the idea of the report that the very notion of a nation state for the Jews is an abomination, as if this is a, um, a Jewish-Israeli invention, right? Uh, you're, you're absolutely right, you know, and it, it's interesting, and I know we've said this before, but it's, uh, you know, they, they waited a mere couple of days after we marked the whole International Holocaust Remembrance Day right. to release this report. It's, it's just mind-numbingly shocking, you know, this is, a, I wouldn't even call it a report. You know, this is something, this is trash. This is something that belongs in the dustbin of anti-Semitic history with things like the UN Zionism is racism resolution and the protocols of the elders of Zion. This is the, the this is obscene anti-Semitic screed. Um, again, they, they single out one state, one state only. This report is uh, 280 something pages. It took them four years. Imagine how they used that money, those resources to look at Syria. Exactly. To look at exactly. what Iran is doing, China, Russia. But no, they single out one state. One state God forbid, only. God forbid Africa, you know, other places around the world. You're absolutely right. Yeah. You, um, so the first point is, again, um, criticizing the nation state of the Jews. The second point is they even make a reference to some sort of repatriation or a coming back to Israel of, of refugees um, in the report. Yeah. So it's, it's interesting. Uh, first of all, they, deny, they object to Israel's um, uh, right of return. You know, at the end of the day, we are a Jewish country. A, a state, a Jewish state, but also a democratic state. Right. 
and those two are completely uh, complementary. Uh, we are a state of nations out of the Jewish people, but we are a full democracy, which is something that they reject. Uh, we have complete and full civil political rights for all our citizens. And that's, by the way, something even in the Declaration of Independence. And in this report, they actually say, in addition, that the State of Israel was founded upon discrimination between Jews and Arabs. Yet the very Declaration of Independence says that the State of Israel shall be a state for all its inhabitants, irrespective of race, religion, creed, nationality, or gender. Um, so, you know, it's you, on the one hand, they, they reject our right to self-determination, to the right of return. But on the other hand, they actually say that the Palestinian right of return, so-called right of return, is a must, is an inalienable right. How, how ridiculous is it, this notion of, you know, and I go back and back uh, to this point of turning back the hands of time as if you can change history. Can you imagine anywhere else around the world such a proposal for a repatriation of return of refugees as a result of conflicts? I mean, you have numerous examples, none of which saw any kind of return ever. No, you're absolutely right. And, and at the end of the day, you know, again, it's, it's this, for them, it's this dismantlement of the very Zionist enterprise of Israel's right to exist as a Jewish state. Right. They won't say we want a dismantlement by, um, uh, by physical force, which is, by the way, the result of this as well. We can talk about the terrorist aspects, but they, they're calling for the Palestinian right of return, and they're saying that all Palestinians, irrespective of where they live, are refugees, even if they're second, third, fourth, fifth generation go back in America in Canada. Go, go back, emphasize that point. So under these uh, assumptions, who is considered to be a Palestinian refugee? Like the number of refugees keeps on growing, every year as opposed to any other yeah. refugee status in the world. So there are, two, again, as everything on this, on this conflict, there are two standards. There's one standard for the entire world, and then there's another standard for the Palestinians or for Israel, depending on which, which way you, you look at it. In this case, you know, a refugee is generally someone first generation, people that have been forced to flee from their homes. But if you are now a third or fourth generation Palestinian living in Canada or New York, wherever it might be, anywhere in the world, you're not a refugee by any regular normal standard of international law. However, under the UN standards or under the, these organization standards, you are considered a refugee. And essentially, it's, it's, a, it's a way for them to uh, annihilate Israel by sheer flooding of numbers. Uh, but of course, that's something that's, that will never happen in Israel, will never ever agreed to it. Absolutely. It's important for our viewers to understand your point here, Arsene, that when people use the term the right of return, they're actually talking about the eradication of the Jewish state of Israel as a Jewish state. And that's exactly how this needs Absolutely. to be viewed. Amazing. Just amazing. Also, um, the other interesting point about the report, which I found the report, okay, this piece of, uh, of uh, non-recyclable trash, is the fact that it uh, deals with Israel from 1948 as if we are in 1948. So it goes back in history in order to attribute these supposed crimes to Israel. And if you go back in history with any other country on earth, from the UK to the US, and you dig deeper into the decades of old, you immediately can conjure up different kinds of crimes, yet it's only perpetrated against Israel. 
Yeah, look, I mean, this is not only a, a perversion, but it's a dis- complete distortion of, of history. Um, you know, for them, uh, as you said, you know, the very creation of Israel is an abomination. And interestingly, by, by the way, they changed this aspect in the, from the draft report to the final report that took out that line, which initially said that the creation of Israel in 1948 was an act of apartheid. So they, they, they amended that after seeing the, uh, uh, you know, the, the enormous uh, pushback which they received, not only about that aspect, but so many others. But that really, you know, it's, it's, it really goes to the core of what, what their belief is, that Israel's very creation is a, it's a grave injustice. Uh, that, so that's, that's where they're coming from. And everything, every step of the way um, since then, it's been a way for them to justify that. You know, Arsene, um, as someone who follows your work and the ILF's work, I've seen the statement you released on this issue. And one of the most interesting points that stood out for me was the fact that you referenced this move as part of a larger move against Israel in the human rights community alongside the UN and others in this labeling of Israel as an apartheid state. Can you tell us a little bit more about, you know, this uh, this effort, this concerted effort against Israel? Look, then. This, none of this is happening by, by coincidence, uh, that's for sure. It's certainly, on the, first of all, it's part of a, a long-standing campaign of lawfare against the Jewish state. And what I mean by lawfare, essentially, it's uh, our detractors, uh, the Palestinians, uh, anti-Israel extremist groups, anti-Semites, essentially taking the law and politicizing it and uh, to achieve political means. So they're abusing the law, they're abusing for what it's meant to, uh, meant to justify, for what it meant to mean, and using it you know, to attack Israel in the international legal arena. Um, in this particular case, one of the reasons why Amnesty is launching it now, and we know that this year is going to be essentially, uh, in, in some ways, the year of apartheid. It's gonna be an assault, it's almost gonna be an assault on Israel, almost on steroids. Um, with apartheid allegations coming from every angle you can imagine, starting at the UN next month when the UN Human Rights Council will meet. Uh, we know the UN Human Rights Council is a great bastion of democracy, which includes uh, members like Venezuela, like Russia, China, Cuba, Pakistan, who sit there in judgment of Israel, with the council which has you know, condemned Israel almost more times than the entire world put together. This is, this is the judge. Uh, judge and jury, um, so they they have a special repertoire. You know, it's 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 as if there is like a parallel world, right? There is reality and facts, and then there is this world of the UN Human Rights Council and the human rights organizations who play on their own field, trying to you know paint reality with their own uh, abhorrent colors. And it's quite amazing that members of the international community would invest resources into uh, into such efforts to undermine, because at the end of the day, it contributes nothing to peace and coexistence. You've been very active and vocal in promoting peace between Israel and Arab nations. You're a board member of Sharaka. You work hard to bring uh, Jews and Arabs, Israelis and Arabs together, which is amazing. And yet in this arena, these organizations only serve to uh, stick another wedge in the relationship, not just between Israelis and Palestinians, but in this report, trying to do it between Arab Israelis and, and, and Jewish Israelis. And it's, it's, it's interesting, you know, that 
I actually have to wonder, quite honestly, quite frankly, how many Israeli Arabs did Amnesty actually speak to? How many even Palestinians did they, did they speak to? Or did they just write this from the comfort of their headquarters in London? And by the way, their London office, the one that really led this, uh, uh, led this report, um, it's quite interesting that last year a big report came out that was published in The Guardian and elsewhere, which exposed the institutionalised racism of amnesty, of staff fleeing, Amazing. of senior leadership forced to, uh, forced to resign over these accusations. So I'd say perhaps maybe amnesty ought to clean up its own shop before casting aspersions right. and uh, accusations against Israel. But, you know, it's, it, at the end of the day, you know, I, I wish they'd spoken to Arab Israelis. I wish they'd heard them say that, you know what, I live as a free citizen with complete and full equal rights. I can serve in the army or I'm not. I can do whatever job I want. I can say whatever I want. I can be free in this country like any other citizen. But they, they don't want to hear those voices. They want to brush them aside because they have this image, they have this agenda, and they're going to push it with the blinkers on without any uh, iota of uh, reality of what the situation actually is. They sure um, did not speak with uh, Israeli Arab minister Isawi Fridge from Meretz, who's part of the government, who was quick to tweet in English and Hebrew. Um, there may be some criticism about Israel's policies, but by no means is Israel an apartheid state, which I must yeah. admit to you, Arsene, just because it's an intimate conversation between us, is a bit... Between us and all, and all your many, many viewers. <laughs> Exactly. It's it's a bit annoying for me to even say the words Israel is not, you know, I am not a murderer. I am not a criminal. Israel is not an apartheid state. And in that, it, it disappoints me that they were able to put us in that corner where Israel has to trend with apartheid, even though it comes with the word not in the middle. But that's that's the kind of struggle we have to have. And maybe and I'm just wondering what your thoughts are about this. Amnesty International is funded by donations, by supporters. If there is a way for to make them accountable for such a, an abominable piece of trash presented in the international community as facts that only serves to create more hostility and animosity, I think they should be held accountable for it. Okay, absolutely. And I know that there are efforts being made in the United States and Congress and elsewhere in Europe uh, to look at ways to hold uh, amnesty to account. There are, uh, there are ways that, that that can be done, uh, but look, you know, that they can't get away with the, it's not just, it's not just lies, it's, um, it's not just slander, but it, it has, the, you know, words have meaning. And it's, it's interesting, you know, in this uh, report, um, you know, 280 something pages, it's not just words, but I can tell you in those words, in those pages, not once, not once, do they mention the words Palestinian terror? And the, the reason I, I bring that up and why it, is, why it is so important, not only do they not mention Palestinian terror, but they actually justify it. They actually excuse it. And what is the result of this? And we've seen this, for example, in May, after the war with, uh, with Hamas in, in Gaza, when we've seen Jews beaten up on the streets uh, in America, in Europe, and, and elsewhere. This kind of pervasive discourse, this kind of demonizing uh, anti-Semitic language, it, inc it, it, it incites and it gives a green light to violence. It gives a green light for terrorists to attack Israel and for anti-Semites um, in America and elsewhere to attack Jews. And I can tell you one other thing. You know who came out to applaud this report? 
Hamas, Hamas right. PFLP, Palestinian Islamic Jihad as well. And that really says everything you need to know. Words have consequences and this kind of pervasive discourse, it leads to violence. It does not contribute to peace. And I think that's something we really need to also uh, uh, really underscore. Arsene, conceptually, when we think about, uh, you know, Zionists are criminals, it really is a manifestation of the protocols of the elders of Zion. It's anti-Semitism all over again, only this time wearing some sort of a political guise, um, targeting its arrows, uh, poisonous arrows at the Jewish state, using documents like this from Amnesty, which so, you so rightfully mentioned, don't even indicate uh, Palestinian terror. And correct me if I'm wrong, but they don't even reference the reality within which Israel is living. That is to say the wars that Israel had to uh, participate in in order to defend its very existence. Like if, if an alien would come down and the only document they would find would be this piece of wonderful literature, they wouldn't even know an ounce of a factual history in the region. No, they, they think this is a science fiction, uh, science fiction novel. Uh, you know, I think for them, uh, for them, uh, the Hamas is someone who runs a soup kitchen. Uh, this uh, this report is it's not only, uh, you know, it's not only replete with the malicious distortions of truth, fabrications of law, lies, and sheer venomous hatred and, and incitement, but it is devoid of reality. It's it's as if it was written in a parallel. Uh, parallel universe, and uh, we, we we need to treat it as such. We need to uh, we need to call out amnesty for what this is. You know this. You know they are they are calling for the dismantlement of one state, one state only, and that is the Jewish state in every which way you look at it. This report it reeks of Jew hatred and anti-Semitism across any which kind of uh, interpretation, especially by the way, and it's important under the IHRA, the International Holocaust Remembrance Alliance definition, which is the gold standard of definitions of what is anti-Semitism. Over 30 countries have adopted it, hundreds of civil society institutions. And this specifically falls within that because not only are they calling for this manner of the Jewish state, not only are they denying our right to self-determination, they're using mendacious language and anti-Semitic tropes like Judaization, and Jewish control. They're demonizing an entire group of people. And, they, and at the end of the day, they're calling our very existence, a crime. their existence a racist endeavor. So this is any which way you look at it, this is, a, this is an anti-Semitic uh, work of fiction. Arsene, I could go on with you for hours, but it's very important for our viewers uh, once they understood the details of the report and they're more educated about speaking about this, what are you doing as Arsene and the ILF and how can people follow to support your work and to understand what's happening and to be part of this endeavor to fight the industry of lies, as my good friend Ben Royamini loves to call them? Well, first of all, um, Shah, thank you so much. Uh, you know, and I should say, I should, you know, repay the, the compliment uh, to you because, you know, the, the platform that you have and the voice that you have, it echoes, it echoes beyond this, uh, beyond uh, this network, it echoes beyond even just the Jewish and pro-Israel world, it, it echoes to all those who care about truth, who care about democracy as well. Um, look, you know, we as the ILF, you know, our mission, our focus is to stand up for Israel, to fight anti-Semitism, to fight BDS and terror in the international legal arena. Um, you're asking also what people can do. And, uh, you know, there's one very simple thing they can do. Um, they can go to our website, www.ilefngo.org, 
backslash Amnesty Lies. So we have created a dedicated webpage under the hashtag Amnesty Lies, uh, which has an abundance of resources, of materials, of videos, of statements, uh, of uh, reports, media coverage about this issue. We are now actually, as we speak, we're going to be adding also a section on Arab-Israeli voices against apartheid. So for everyone, so people that care about the truth, that want to know what is happening, they can have everything on the one page uh, to learn and to be educated because that is the most important thing. We need to be educated about what is going on. So when someone says Israel is committing apartheid in the West Bank, in Dan Samaria, to know that no, that is not the case. They need to know that there is Hamas controlling Gaza, the Palestinian Authority, which, by the way, hasn't had elections in 15-something years. Mahmoud Abbas is in the 18th year of his four-year term, and they're lecturing us about democracy. Um, they need to know what's happening. They need to know that Israel, and you know this better than anyone, Israel is a vibrant democracy, is a free country for all our citizens, as imperfect as we may be, as any country is, but we are a vibrant democracy with equal civil political rights for all our citizens, irrespective of race or background. So it's important to be educated. I invite people to visit our website. They can contact me, contact our team at any time. Um, but it's important to stand up and speak out against these lies in the social media where these battles are going on. They're raging with these gross uh, distortions of truth, of fake news, of hate, not just fake news, but hate news which is a really toxic uh, toxic kind of cocktail, um, to speak to the members of Congress. And it's important to, uh, you know, also to uh, state here that both sides of the, of the political spectrum in the United States have come out strongly and unequivocally to condemn this uh, preposterous report, both within the White House, within the State Department, but also leading members of the Democratic Party as well and others. So it's important to speak to members of Congress to know that when there are votes happening, uh, to drown out those, those loud but small voices from members of the squad and, and others who are filled with the hate, uh, as we've seen in this report. So to be educated, to speak out, to talk to your elected officials and to learn about what is happening. And really, at the end of the day, you know, we love Israel. Uh, we know that it's a democracy and we need to be not only responding to these lies, but using opportunities to showcase exactly what a beautiful, proud, democratic country we really are. Arsene, always impressive, always fascinating, always interesting. Thank you so much again for your devotion to fight against the, the lies and the efforts to delegitimize Israel. And you know what I'm taking from what you just said? Stand up and fight. It's a pleasure having you with us and keep on fighting the good fight. Thank you, my friend, anytime. And, and just going, continuing from what Arsene just said, words matter. They matter in our discussions, they matter on social media, and they matter in the international sphere where these lies, even though they negate reality a thousand percent, they continue to trickle down into international customary and international law in a way that ends up hurting the state of Israel, hurting reality, and hurting the efforts to bring peace between Israelis and Palestinians and between Israel and many parts of the Arab world. So it's our obligation, just like Arsene said, to stand up 
and fight against it. We cannot keep quiet. And I do hope that all of our viewers were educated by hearing the arguments made by Arsen and the specific illumination of what this so-called report misses as it comes and pertains to reality and to the state of Israel. Because Israel is a blessing. It couldn't be farther more than a sin. I'd like to thank all of you for watching. And to all, stay safe, stay happy, and stay healthy. I'd like to thank our director, Sloan Copeland, JBS's managing director, Dara Golob, our technical manager, Michael Paley, transmission manager, John McDevitt, and to our wonderful producer of In The News, Carol Lilienthal. For JBS, I'm Shahar Azani. Until next time, shalom and lehitraot.